good evening and welcome to the Marriage Reform Prayer Call, also known as the Relationship Game Changers Call. And some of you have been with us from the beginning, and God has expanded our reach, our influence, and so everyone is in a relationship. Marriage is just one of them. And what we've been finding is that what we're teaching transcends relationships and so we just love what God is doing here as we grow and begin to uh, step out and, and, and just influence the relationships that God has placed us in and so we thank you so much for taking your evening or portion of your evening to be with us I am absolutely excited beside myself just what God is revealing and um, I mean, it's like, it's just, it's incredible. It's just incredible. For those of you who have been with us, uh, July 1st, we will have been at this for two years, declaring kingdom principles in marriages and relationships. And so thank you. Thank you so much. We're going to continue. As you know, we have started jumping for joy at the beginning of the year and got a little bit delayed because of COVID. And um, wow. And for those of you who don't know who are on the line for the first time, uh, we have been going to and intend to go to every state, 50 states, U.S. territory, to the state house, to the Capitol steps, to declare kingdom marriage, to seed it in the ground in prayer, that opportunities would come up, that husbands and wives would walk in newness of life, a freedom and a power and a love that I believe that God wants husbands and wives to experience in this hour as we approach or as we are in the last days and this impending great awakening. And so we have some more dates for you. Um, and we'll firm them up and give you more detail as we go along. But we'll be in Denver, Colorado on July 11th. We'll be see on July 25th. And then we will, that afternoon on the 25th, we will be going to Richmond, Virginia. And one of the blessings of COVID is we learned that we could go to these states, and Amy and I not have to travel to every single state but we have someone on the ground who is connected with us who has jurisdiction in that state, whether by virtue of residence, work, but they have spiritual jurisdiction, spiritual authority in that state to open it up and invite us to declare the word of God. And we have been doing it over Zoom. And the last time we did it, we were in Tennessee, and those that were on the Zoom call and those that were on the ground, there were a handful of people on the ground, and then there were a handful of us on the call. And I tell you what, we all felt that we were present in the same place at the same time. We did not miss a beat. And so we just thank God for, 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 for the things that are coming out of what was intended for evil, God is continuing to advance his kingdom as we look to him in this process. So we are continuing with jumping, in jo jumping for joy. And, again, we'll be in Denver, Maryland, D.C., and Virginia next month. If you are in those states, we need your help. If you will text Amy, I think the quickest way to do it, her number is 678 754 0867. You know, prayer precedes everything. And so when, by going to these states, 
what we are doing is turning over the ground. We are opening up the ground and plowing so that we, when we declare the word, when we come and speak in different places and organizations and churches, the ground will already have been prepared. The hearts will have already been prepared to receive the revelation of God. And so we thank you. And uh, Pam, thanks for coordinating that for those areas. And again, if you are in those areas, we do have need of you. If you'll let Amy know of your availability, does not mean you have to. Uh, if you're in those states, obviously we want you to hook up with the people in those states if you're in proximity. And then the rest of us, we will be on Zoom, and we will carry out the will of God in those states. Well, I think, Amy, you've got an announcement or two. And, and then for those of you, let me just say this, for those of you who are on the first time, typically what we do is we have announcements. Um, and after we have announcements, we have a teaching, and then we pray the word taught. And so that's the flow of this so that you can follow along and see where we are in each piece of this process. So, Amy, I think you have some things that you want to share. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that we have a Relationship Game Changers Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, you can go to Relationship Game Changers and like the page and comment on the page. We're trying to continuously have dialogue there so we can equip. All about equipping and becoming Relationship Game Changers. And also, if you're someone who enjoys Facebook and would like to comment, I, am, I have a goal of getting a comment a day just so we can get more people engaged and involved. So if you like to be involved and would like to participate and be one of the relationship game changers that comments for us, then you can text me and we'll coordinate with you. It's really just about committing to one day a week commenting on the page um, as, part of, as being part of relationship game changers with us. So my number again is 678-754-0867. If you didn't get that written down, you can just look for me, Amy Bernal, on Facebook and private message me. And so that is what I'm looking for, volunteers who want to comment and be a part of our page. Thank you so much. Awesome. And I tell you what, this thing is growing. This thing is catching fire. We started, I think it's one week ago where we launched the page Relationship Game Changers. And since then, we have had close to 100 likes on that page. And so we believe that God has called for this. He has called for Relationship Game Changers, and he is answering as people are liking the page and following some of our videos and the things that we're doing, and there's so much more that we will be unwrapping and unfolding for those that have declared themselves game change, relationship game changers, for those that want to be game changers, for those that want to grow in the skills of relationship game changing, and for those that want to be connected, part of other people that are making changes and influencing the outcomes in the relationships God has called them to. And so we just thank God for the growth. And uh, we're just going to keep going with God. As he goes, so do we. And so with that in mind, I want to uh, just quickly introduce you to uh, a woman that I've gotten to know 
it, it's hard to imagine that you can know somebody at any level in three sessions, in three one-hour sessions. And I've had the privilege of getting to know this woman, and her name is Lynn Jones, in three sessions. And she will be able to attest, no arm twisting here, how well we got to know, how well I got to know her and identify her with her in three days. And so, Lynn, if you'll just come on and just, you know, share briefly in terms of what it was like before those three days, what it was like after those three days, and, yeah, just share. (laughs) You'll need to star six so we can hear you. Hey, Kim, can you hear me? I sure can. God bless you. Bless you, honey. Uh, thank you uh, for that sweet introduction. I appreciate that, and it's very true. There is no time and no distance that interferes with knowing someone spirit to spirit, and I believe that's what you and I had occur is a spirit to spirit encounter. And believe me, I still carry that with me. And just to let you know, those three days, it doesn't take God very long to do a work in a person's life. And before Kim and I met on the Zoom meetings, I wouldn't have given you a nickel for the word counsel. And I certainly wouldn't have given you anything for the word coaching because I didn't even know what it meant. But what I can tell you is this. Before I went in to those meetings, I had a dire issue with self-perception. I think a lot of women can identify with that because we see ourselves and when we look in the mirror or refuse to look in the mirror or we have a picture taken or don't want a picture taken or to be on camera or for whatever thing that's going to reveal you as an individual, you want to hide from that. You don't want to deal with it because in your heart you don't measure up. And these things were like a tomb to me. And when I went into these counseling sessions, I'm sorry, coaching sessions, there was a freedom and a liberty that was there to be joyfully vulnerable, to face truth, and to receive the Word of God. And I just want to say that In light of the message that was given last Wednesday, for those of you that remember that and were on the call, I would have to say to date that's probably the most powerful message that has penetrated my life. Uh, What it did for me was remove the grave clothes. And when the sword of the Lord is used by a skilled vessel, being Kim, he divides the soul and the spirit. And when the soul is revealed, you will find it can be full of boils that are full of infection. And when those things are lanced by the scalpel of the Lord, they have to be drained, then they have to be dressed so that they can receive the proper healing. And when the spirit was revealed... Truth was ushered in, the truth of the word of God. And that clothed the spirit man that up until that time for me had been naked. 
And so I went from a self-loathing to being able to see myself in the Spirit through the Word of God revealed and see myself being transformed into the image of the Lord Jesus. So understand that when Kim comes on and she's excited because it's relationship game changers, it's not just about you and it's not just about me and it's not just about a relationship with each other. It's about the release of that one phrase we've been hearing a lot of, orphan spirit. We begin to see ourselves as our Heavenly Father sees us and the potential and the hidden treasure, the gifts, the value of your life here in the earth. And I'm telling you, if he can do that for me, who wasn't just bound, but I was in a tomb. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I already put my grave clothes on and laid myself down. But he does have the power through a skilled vessel that has sold out to him, who has a heart and a heart's cry to help other people lead you and guide you past the pain that puts you there. And when you're delivered and when you're released, there is a liberty and a freedom that words just can't express. So, Kim, I just bless you in the name of the Lord, and I thank the Father for divinely connecting our paths together. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Wow. Wow. I didn't pay her for any of that, guys. <laughs> that was amazing. Wow. And I was there. And I was there. And um, three sessions, three one-hour sessions changed the, the trajectory of a person's life. And I tell you what, it is much as excitement for me as it was for, for Lynn, I mean, my gosh, it just, it's just hard to describe when God sets somebody free and they know it. You will never go back. And so I just thank you, Lynn, for sharing that and just allowing me, you know, uh, into your space. Absolutely. Um, and um, I just thank God. I re really appreciate it so much. I really appreciate it. Well, I wanted Lynn to share that because I have, uh, I think Amy told me five spots. Is that, is that right, Amy? Did I? I think she said five. She'll correct me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> I, I have five, three, um, three-session coaching to a breakthrough available yes, and they right. are it's five. Uh, it's five i have five spots for three sessions to a breakthrough coaching with me and that costs 297 dollars and so if you are interested in coaching three-day session this isn't like infinite ad item you heard lynn three days and you will be thinking about things differently. I will say this, Lynn brought an open heart. She brought a willingness to consider. And you know what? It just, you know, when God is in it, you know, it's just, it's just amazing for everybody, for everybody. But, yeah, five sessions available. If you're interested in one of those sessions, don't wait. Don't be late. Um, but three sessions, if you will text Amy, and then we will get you that information. It's 
1-800-273-8867 and just let her know you are interested in one of the spots and then we will go from there, get you scheduled and how to do the whole process. All right. Well, I had an epiphany today, and I'm going to first open with prayer because I'm praying that I could just get this out in a way that you can take it and hear it. Um, Oh, wow. Father, in Jesus' name, you have ordained this moment before the foundation of the world. You have called us together for such a time as this. And I believe that everyone that is on this call is by divine invitation, and we have accepted. And so, Father God, I pray that you would release your word even through me. Lord, I ask you, even as I am 100% human and 100% spirit, you work it all together for your glory and make yourself known to the people on this line, that surely they have been with God and that, Father, you love them beyond a shadow of a doubt and you are for them, you are with them, and that your desire is that they would be free in every area of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Lynn spoke about last week. You know, one of the things that... uh, Lynn didn't, didn't say of herself. Lynn is spirit-filled, speaks, with, speaks in tongues, and very much is part of the, um, the that's why I can say is maybe this, the charismatic movement and uh, just the move of the spirit and following the spirit and speaking in tongues and has a prayer life, loves God, has served in the church. So we're not talking about somebody that doesn't know God. And then, and so, and, and, and so I, I identify with that, but I also identify there, there are people that are word-based. They are not necessarily filled with the Spirit, when I say baptized in the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues, but they have a love and a devotion to God's Word, you know, and they teach and they preach um, with the same passion that perhaps those that are spirit-filled. I'm not here to make a distinction which is better, what is not better. I believe both will be in heaven and availing themselves of the glory of God in eternity. So this isn't a distinction of that. I'm saying that to say this. I always felt, oh, my gosh, I always felt that I was somewhere in in between both of those. You know, I, 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 I've, I've served on staff at, at churches, spirit-filled. I've worked with people that are word-based. They just want to talk about the word and, and the literal word, and this is what the word says, and wonderful teachers. And, you know, they're doing great things, both of these, in the kingdom of God. But I never felt like I quite all the way fit over here with the spiritual and the, the speaking in tongues. And then I never always felt completely comfortable over here with the word, and I never understood why I didn't fit. Sometimes I would get over here and, and with my spirit-filled friends, and even when I was on staff at a church, you know, a large church, you know, we, we really didn't process emotion. In fact, we said things like, we walk by faith and not by feelings, and that is 
That is true. Jesus had feelings, but he, he did not succumb to his feelings. But he had them and was able to express them and share them. And it did not um, diminish his faith and his love for God. Well, I never completely felt comfortable in talking about the emotional peace with spirit-filled people. And then I never felt comfortable talking about the spirit-filled stuff I understood and speaking in tongues and the power of God and the authority of God that we have as believers. Never quite felt comfortable with my friends who are word and just teaching. So, I mean, for years, I've been in full-time ministry since 1996. So since 1996, if you can believe it or not, I have felt in between this peace, not quite free to be over here all that God's put in me with spiritual, but also not quite liberated or feel free to be who I am with those that are word and just teaching the word and just committed to the word. And, and, and so I found myself in this quandary all the time. And I had an epiphany today, and I understand why. If you would have asked me what person in the New Testament of the disciples, of the apostles, which one do I most admire? Which one do am I most inspired by? My immediate answer would have been John. I love John. John oozed with love. He talked about love. And he had this quiet depth about him. When you read the book of John, he's, he, he, he's deep. He, he reveals the spiritual aspect of the Christ that we love and serve and have given our life to. So that really appealed to me because I wanted to be full of love, and yet I wanted to, the deep revelations of God. And so I love John. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. And then if you would ask me second, who did I admire most, I would have told you Paul. And I would have told you Paul because Paul was bold. He was matter of fact. He didn't care, you know, if he believed that God was telling him to say something or do something, he didn't. And he made no apologies for it. And I like that about him. I like the ability to be able to be bold and to say what God is saying. And, and so those are the two people I would have picked. Then I can see both of those people, those influences in my life. One of the compliments that I enjoy and I receive is that you're kind and that, that, that you, you do love. And I've also heard Wow, you are firm. You just you divide that word. You are no. So I've heard both of those influences in my life because I have embraced them. And yet this morning I had an epiphany as I was preparing, and I said, you know, God, I need to unpack John twenty one fifteen through twenty three again because many of you said, wow, that was a lot. That was deep. I never saw it that way. So I was like, God, how can I make this even more plain? And so I was, re I was thinking about that, and <clears throat> the name Peter came to me. Now, I told you last week that Peter was all the things that made him, in many ways, unlikable to most. Well, let me just say me, unlikable to me. He had characteristics and qualities that, honestly, I just, I just felt, ew, I don't want to be like that. Ew, that's just, mm. You know, and I listed those things. Um, I listed some of those things for you. Let me see where I listed them. Let me recall some of these things. Here we go. We, you know, he, he, 
he was outspoken. You know, he was direct. If it came up, it came out. He was quick to speak, slow to listen. He was impulsive. Remember, he cut off the lobe of the soldier's ear. He was reactive. Um, he took risks. Remember, he walked on the water. He lied. He told Jesus that he would not deny him, and he did. And there were all kinds of things that made Peter, for me, not someone that I would want to be like or uh, enjoy. Peter was married. Um, he was a fisherman, and he was a successful fisherman. But what, what came glaring or the glaring things about Peter were all things that honestly just didn't, weren't attractive to me. And what I found is people that tend to lean toward the spirit-filled side, we like the Peter after Pentecost for the most part. We talk about the Peter um, that, that, that received the revelation of God. And yet God said, I mean, think about this. Let me, just, let me just share some things with you. And it has challenged me because the Lord said to me, I want you to embrace Peter because this is where you are. And this is the influence upon your work and your ministry. And so I thought it even humorous. Peter spent a lot of time around the lake. In fact, him and Jesus' conversations around the lake. And if you know anything about me, anything about me at all, I love water. I love the lake, period. I, I mean, I just do. And so it's interesting to me that Peter's name is mentioned, Simon Peter is mentioned in the New Testament more than any other in the Gospels, in the four Gospels. Peter's name is mentioned more than any other apostle. Peter was part of the inner circle of Jesus. But if Jesus had a best friend, if we could even say that, it would be Peter. Peter was the one that spoke up all the time when Jesus asked a question. When Jesus was speaking to the disciples, he always, I mean, look at it for yourself. He addressed Peter. He addressed Peter, oh, my gosh, he addressed Peter when things were happening, when things weren't happening, either Peter spoke up or Jesus called on him. Sounds like a teacher's pet to me. Sounds like a very close relationship. But we also know Peter was very emotional. He was, as I said, impulsive. Do you know Peter was the only one that ever told Jesus, of the apostles that ever told Jesus no? He was the only one that ever objected to Jesus. It's amazing to me. I mean, he denied him three times. But remember when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet and he got to Peter? And, he, and, Peter, and, and Peter said to him, are you going to wash my feet? And, and Jesus said, you know, basically you don't understand. I've got to wash your feet. And Peter said, you will never wash my feet. In other words, no, not happening, not here, not now. And Jesus went on to say, but if I don't wash your feet, then you won't have any part of me. And then Peter says, well, wash my whole body. And Jesus said, your whole body doesn't need to be washed because he tells Peter you're already clean, and therefore only your feet need to be washed. Amazing. When they were in the Garden of Gethsemane, he took Peter, it was Peter, James, and John. 
And Jesus went away, left them, went away for a while. And you can go back and check all this out in Scripture. Jesus went away and prayed, and he came back and found the disciples asleep. And, oh, my gosh, let me, let me just show this to you. Because I want to go back, and I want you to see. So in, this is Matthew 26, found him asleep. And this is what Jesus said. They were all, three of them were asleep. But Jesus said to Peter, so you couldn't watch with me one hour? Why don't you pray so that you don't enter into temptation? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He didn't address James and John. He addressed Peter. And then it's interesting to me. It's interesting that, let me just go back here. Let me show you where this relationship starts. Jesus, Peter is is the fullest display and expression of the humanity of a person and the deity of God working with the humanity of a person. Let me say it again. Peter is the most explicit example of the deity of God working with the humanity of man and that Jesus and the Father thought it important enough to include so much of Peter's humanness, his emotionality, in these scriptures means it is important. It means that we can't just look at Peter after Pentecost and what happened. It means we have to backtrack because Peter was what it was at every major revealing of the Christ. You remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Who was there? Peter, James, and John. Who was the one that spoke up? Peter. The Bible says he was terrified. He was so terrified he didn't know what to say. And so he basically said, oh, my gosh, it's not good for us to be here. In other words, I recognize we are not like you. I am not like you. Maybe we should enshrine you. Maybe we should make a tabernacle for you because this isn't good for us to be in this place. And so the Bible talks about that Jesus called the cloud to come to cover the disciples because they were afraid. And then if you read the account, Jesus touches them on the shoulder and says, don't be afraid. Oh, my gosh. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. In this hour, There are so many things to be afraid of. And yet Jesus, each time, read it out, that that Peter becomes terrified or afraid, Jesus responds. He doesn't say man up. He doesn't say get over it. He says, don't be afraid. It is I. Remember when he called him on the water? And Peter was the first one out of the boat because he wanted to get to the Lord, and then he began to sink. Go read these accounts. It would take the rest of the evening to read all of these accounts to you. Now let me go back to the beginning. And I want to finish up back in John 21. But let me go back to the beginning and show you what happened between Peter and Jesus. So in John 1, let me find it. So in John 1, there are three situations. And in John 1, 40, I think 40 and 41, uh, Andrew 
had met. Andrew is Simon Peter's brother. And Andrew had come upon the Christ. So he runs and tells his brother, Simon Peter, that they have found the Messiah and brings Peter to Jesus. And Jesus says, I want to find this scripture. I just had it. I want you to see it. Uh, where is it? One moment, guys. Um, it's in John 1, 40, 41. Let me just pull it up here. Give me one second, guys. But I had it right here. Um, I want to read it to you because the words are very important, what Jesus says, because there are three other incidents um, that help you to see who Peter is and what Jesus was calling for from Peter. And, and I'm just so excited about this because there are so many relationship game changers, and particularly women who are strong, who speak up and are direct and, and, and have an emotionality to them. And I don't mean that they're wits. Peter, Peter wasn't a wit. He just didn't know the depth of his depravity as a human being. He didn't know his true limitations. He hadn't encountered them. Uh, he, he didn't know who he really was apart from Jesus. And part of their relationship was Peter not only seeing God and Jesus, but coming to terms with who he was and who he wasn't. And relationships afford you and I the ability to see who we really are and who we aren't. And so when we talk about, uh, here we go, John. So when we talk about Peter, the process was not only Peter coming to know Jesus, the Christ, but it was also Peter coming to know himself apart from Christ, and then in relationship to Christ. Oh, my God, it's a process that we have to go through. So in John 1, 40-41, this is what it says. Um, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Then he brought Simon Peter to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, another translation says, when Jesus looked intently at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Peter, or you will be called Peter. You are Simon, but you will be called Peter. In other words, this is who you are now, but this is who you'll become. So now let me give you another um, uh, example, or uh, uh, two more examples where Jesus is establishing Simon Peter's identity as human and as spirit. So when we go back, then we can look at, let's look at this. Let's look at Luke. Well, yeah, let me give it to you. Well, in Luke 5, Luke 5, I'm going to go to Luke 6, but in Luke 5, this is, this, is the, this is what happens right before 
Jesus speaks to Peter's destiny again and his identity. In Luke 5, you remember they were fishing all night, caught nothing, and then um, Jesus said, launch out to the deep, you know, and Peter says, what? I'm a fisherman. You know, don't you know who I am? I know how to fish. You you know who you're talking to, Jesus? All my feelings. Um, and, And Jesus and Peter says, well, nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, We'll do it again. And they go out, and remember the nets were bursting, so much so that they had to call in help. And then in verse 8 of Luke 5, it says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken, and so were James and John. Again, the two other inner circle disciples were there as well, but it was Peter who was engaged with Jesus, and the other two were listening. And this is what Jesus says after he says, I'm a sinful man. He says, then Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. This is how Jesus addressed the humanity of Peter. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. He didn't say, get over it. He didn't say, hey, I'm with you. What's that all about? He said, do not fear. He was speaking to the humanity, to the soul of Peter, who saw Jesus, who saw the deity in Jesus, saw the deity of Jesus, and said, depart from me. We're not the same. And Jesus said, don't fear from now on. You will catch men. And so when they brought their boats in, they followed him. OMG. Let me give you one other example here. So in that, in that verse, he says to him, he's still calling. Then Jesus said to Simon. Remember, Simon was the humanity of Peter. Peter was a title and a spiritual assignment that God had given that would be manifested as Peter's life went on. It would be like Jesus is the man, but the Christ is the deity of Jesus. Jesus was human. The Christ was was God, the Messiah. Simon was human. Peter was the deity working together with Simon, OMG. So now here's the third example where Jesus is establishing the identity of Peter with his destiny. Now he's connecting him with his destiny in Matthew 16. When he came, and you'll recall this, remember Jesus said to the disciples, who do men say that I am, the son of man? And verse 14, they said, some say that you are John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus said to him, but who do you say that I am? And here we go. Can't be laid out any prettier. Verse 16, Simon Peter. Uh-oh. Simon the human. Peter, the deity working in the human. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He said this, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, and listen to what he said. Blessed are you, Simon, the human being, the son of Jonah. Watch this. For flesh and blood, you're human, but flesh and 
blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. That's verse 17. Verse 18. Now watch this. Watch the transition. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, Peter now, it wasn't that Simon was this amazing super guy that just was always in and had everything right and and just rose above his humanness. No, it was God, the deity of Christ, now working together with the humanity of Peter and the deity of Christ, Peter's call, the revelation that he received was the rock in which the church would be built. The church wasn't going to be built on Peter. Now, I know the Catholics, and this isn't a judgment, but they build the, per- the church on St. Peter. But I believe that the rock was the revelation that Jesus was the Christ. And it is this revelation that the church was to be built on, and we know from Scripture after the day of Pentecost, that's what Jesus, and that's what Peter began to preach. Now, that's verse 18 and 19. Now we flip back to the humanness of Simon. Please understand, you will not be delivered from your humanity on earth. Your humanity is meant to work together with the Spirit of God. That's why God did not come down and fix things as he could have when Adam and Eve sinned. He had given the earth the man to rule as he ruled the heaven. The only way God could intervene on earth at that time when he set that up as mankind being the rule of the earth, the only way God could intervene is through a human being. He does not need us to act like we're not human, that we don't get afraid, that we can't handle something, that we say things the wrong way. He needs us to be fully human so that he can be fully God in us and carry out the assignments he's given us and fulfill our destiny here on earth. That is what he desires. So in verse 19, Matthew 16, two verses later, Peter had just received a revelation from God. He had just interacted with the divine nature and the divine person of Jesus. And two verses later, Jesus begins to tell the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised from the dead. Here we go again. Verse 22. Then Peter took him aside and began rebuking him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things that are of God, but those that are of men. So remember two verses earlier, Peter 
One day he was given a title and he was given an assignment that we see played out. That same Peter who was just received revelation now begins to tell Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. He was anointed at that point that God declared who he was. He didn't any longer say, Simon, you will be called Peter. In Luke, he said, your name is Peter. And then here in Matthew, he said, you are Peter. And then the rest of Peter's life with Jesus and thereafter was about him becoming who he was. It was about him yielding his humanity to the deity of Christ. And right here we see that he has some aligning to do yet. He has some places in his life that he needs to come into relationship with the divine nature of Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. Just stop and think about that for a second. Most of Jesus' interactions were with Simon, the human being. He called him. He named him. He pronounced him. He anointed him as Peter. And yet, Peter did not get the privilege nor the, uh, nor the, the, the grace to, uh, to leave his humanity. He has the same invitation that you and I do, and that is to yield our humanity, to yield every thought, to bring every thought, no matter how good or bad, no matter how clean or vile. See, all of our our, uh, goodness, our filthy rags to God, Jesus just needed Peter to be who he was so that he could reveal his deity to him. OMG, my word friends who are devoted to the scriptures and committed and love Jesus, oh, may they come into a deeper revelation of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the revelation of Christ. And then may my spirit fill friends who speak in other tongues. Like I said, you heard from Lynn. She would tell you herself, spirit-filled, speaking in other tongues. But what she came into an experience with is her humanity. And Jesus healed the whole, her humanity. So she left those three days. Incidentally, Jesus was in the tomb for three days. He went in one way and came out another way. God wants to merge your humanity with his deity. We can no longer just, I mean, we are spirit beings. But we're also soul. We have souls. And God wants them to come together to his glory. So let me quickly, before I pray, take you now back to John 21. Oh, my God. I hope you're getting a different picture of Peter. See, the word, folks, again, I say this with deep love have difficulty with the spirit of God moving and being moved and led by the spirit. They're led by the word, and we should be led by the word. And spiritual people will tell you that we ought to be led by the word. And then the spiritual, spiritual people have difficulty with the emotions of Peter. That's why we don't talk about him like that. And yet he was 
the inner circle of Jesus. And if Jesus had a best friend, oh, I could go on with scriptures throughout the, new, uh, throughout the four Gospels where Jesus directs his conversation to the humanity of Peter because Jesus was wanting to bring Peter into the knowledge and the revelation of the deity of Christ. And please understand, you will not be able to appreciate the deity of God until you embrace the humanity that comes with it, the humanity that comes with you being alive here in the earth. So let me quickly go back over John 21 because hopefully this, even further opens up your eyes. I tell you, it has set me free. I am no longer tossed to and fro. It's not either word or spirit. It's word and spirit, and you and I are the place of convergence in Jesus' name. So when we look at, um, when we look at uh, John 15, you'll recall, and I'm not going to read it all again, but you'll remember P- Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And what he was doing was establishing, reestablishing a connection with Peter. He didn't try to talk to Peter. Remember, time had went by after Peter denied him. Remember, he went to the cross. He, went, he, he suffered, went to Pilate, you know, was condemned. He suffered. He carried his cross. He died. He was buried, and he was raised again. And in John 21 was the third time that the deity of Christ, Reveal himself to the disciples. So this is the third encounter that the disciples had after Jesus was raised from the dead, but it was about the sixth revelation that Peter had of Jesus as God. He had that experience on the Mount of Transfiguration. He had that experience when he caught the fishes and he bowed down and he recognized, oh, my gosh, we are not the same. You are God. I'm not. I'm a man and I'm a sinner. He had that experience when Jesus came to his house, to him and his wife's house, and healed his mother-in-law. And there was no recovery period, guys. He healed her, and she got up and prepared them a meal. There was no let me recover. It, was, it, it happened just like that. Peter saw the deity of Christ in action three times before and now three times after his resurrection. And watch this, six times, that's the number of men. So here God is bringing him full circle. So he establishes connection. And that's why I tell you, in what's happening in our nation today, it is not simply enough to communicate. That's what we have been doing. We cannot communicate without a connection. Whether you're husband or wife, whether it's a friendship, whether it's black, white, purple, pink, until you establish a connection, we will not be able to see the full benefit of what Jesus intended by bringing our lives together. So this is what he says in verse 18. He says, I tell you the truth. Again, talking to Peter, when you were young, you did as you liked. You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to. You were in charge of your humanity. You ran your life, Peter. You said what you wanted to say. You did what you wanted to do. You went where you wanted to go. You you expressed yourself how you wanted to express yourself. You reacted. But when you were old, 
immature. You will stretch out your hands, which is a position of vulnerability. Others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him again, follow me. That was the second time Jesus told him to follow him. The first time was when they were at the lake, and he said, depart from me. I'm not worthy. And that wraps up with Jesus saying, follow me. Well, this is the second time that Jesus tells Peter to follow me. And I said last time, many of you will say, and some have said, well, Jesus was talking about the death on the cross because Peter would be crucified. And I submit to you that in Matthew 16, right after all of the the, the revelation that Peter received, after he began to, re- to rebuke uh, Jesus and tell Jesus that he didn't know what he was talking about, he wasn't going to die, right after that, Jesus says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. There is a death that we are to die well before we go see Jesus. There was a death that Peter had to die. That death came in surrendering his humanity, surrendering his vulnerability to God. So this is the third time Peter sees the deed of Christ. Jesus lets him know what his condition was and what his condition must be. And the condition must be you must stretch out your hand. Oh, gosh, you must stretch out your hand. You must let another dress you, which means they will see you naked. They will see your vulnerability. You will have to take the risk that they will take advantage of you because the same place of vulnerability that leads some to take advantage of you is the same place that will lead some to take you to your destiny. And then he says this, they will take you where you don't want to go. There are a group of Christians that don't want to deal with their humanity. I was one of them. I hid behind the scripture. I could quote scripture, pray scripture. I could teach the word of God. But I'm telling you that me, the real me, that hid until I allowed, until I came into relationship and brought that into relationship with Christ, and stop trying to justify. I was not a candidate for healing because Jesus designed relationships for healing. And whatever is not brought into a relationship cannot be healed. That is why Jesus came, to bring us into relationship through the cross so that we could exchange our rebellion for his submission to the Father, so that we could exchange our bondage for his freedom, so that we could exchange our pride for his humility. Are you getting the picture? Are you getting the picture? So here's the deal. We have to have a revelation of Jesus, and Jesus is so committed to revealing himself, and he already has revealed himself to many of us. But we didn't go the next step. See, once Jesus revealed himself to Peter, and if you look in the Old Testament, whenever Jesus revealed himself, um, there was a, a fear. And I'm not talking about a holy fear. I'm talking a human fear. They were petrified. They were terrified. We see Jesus, and we want to start screaming, shouting, and, and talking about all the glory of God. That 
not the account of a human being seeing Jesus in the scripture. I'm just saying. Peter was terrified on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was terrified when he saw Jesus um, on the boat. So another would dress you, and it's scary. It's scary letting someone see your vulnerabilities. But when it's a God-divine relationship, God will allow that person to see because their intent is not to harm you but to help you and carry you to your destiny because you can't take yourself. They will take you where you don't want to go. Where don't you want to go? You don't want to go to those painful parts in your life. You won't take yourself there. I know it's true because if you ever had a, a, a hurt or, or, or splinter or whatever, um, I, I remember um, – I, I, this is true and it's graphic, but you you get the point. I remember my, my mother was telling me that she had a, a pain in her ear. And she said, can't you see it? And I'm like, no, I can't see it at all. She said, I can just look in my ear. I've got a pain. So I get out my flashlight, and I didn't, I, at first I didn't see anything. And she said, Kim, I'm telling you, every t- time I touch my ear, it is painful. So I said, okay, Mom, let me look again. Just lean your head over. So she leaned her head over, and I took my flashlight and what I saw in her ear was this, it was this, like, pimple boil, but it, it was just, I mean, it looked like if you touched it, it could pop. And so I, she said, just, I said, and I told her what it is. And she said, just pop it. Just pop. I said, no, Mom, you're screaming now. I'm not going to, I don't want to be hurting you like that. So she said, but it will feel better. And I said, Mom, I'm not going to pop it. I said, here's what I'll do. I'm going to put a Q-tip in your ear, and I'm going to hold it against, the, the, the pimple that I see, and you push your ear to your to, to you can stand it because you know how much pain you can, can handle. And so she did that for a few minutes and, and nothing happened. I said, well, Mom, you're, you're going to have to do this because I, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want you screaming, knocking the Q-tip out of my hand. And she said, no, just squeeze it. So, she, so, I, so eventually, you know, after we went back and forth a little bit, I just pressed the, 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 um, the cotton swab, I pressed it against the thing, and the thing exploded. And there was just all this gook and green stuff, and it looked like it was infected. But instantly, she said, oh, it, it was like a sigh of relief. I said, that doesn't hurt? She said, it doesn't hurt anymore. So there's one thing where people hurt you, and it's just a continuation of the cycle, it's another thing when you stretch your hands out, you now another to see your humanity, and they cover you. It is a pain that God will take the sting out of, and you'll be able to go on into your destiny. He said, this is what will glorify God. You've got to see him. You have to, and so healing means you have to see the deity of Christ. You have to hear the word, but you have to see it. You have to experience it. You have to have an encounter with God. And then secondly, you have to come and embrace yourself, your humanity, what you are and what you're not. You're all of your pretense. That's the ugliest part of you and I are the pretense and the, and the, and the way we, we want people to see us versus the way we really are. And thirdly, you will have to allow another to take part in the process. That is the process of healing because God did and does use human beings on earth to fulfill his will. And his will is that you and I be healed from the inside out. And let me say this, 
relationship game changers are about possessing their lives. They're about receiving the love of God, possessing their lives, showing up, not faking it, not pretending to be something they're not, but showing up, meeting the moment, responding to the opportunities, influencing outcomes, experiencing the freedom and the boldness of Christ, and feeling the power of who they are as God kisses their humanity with his deity. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. I thank you tonight, God, and I ask you that even as your word has gone forth, that you would reveal yourself. I release, God, and I ask you, Lord, to reveal yourself to the people that hear this word in a fresh way, in a decisive way, so that they can know that they have seen you, not just heard you, but like I had this epiphany today, and no longer, God, will I question why you put me in the middle of this thing. And, Lord, I receive it. I accept it. And, Lord, I just thank you that this revelation, God, has settled it in me, who you are, who I am, who I am with you, and who I am in relationship to others. Give your people an epiphany tonight. Lord, cause them and give them the courage and the bravery, God, to step in a room and see themselves as they really are and who you've called them to be. And, Lord, I thank you for safe people that know your word, know your will, filled with the spirit and the glory of God then it can escort them into their destiny. For by this you will be glorified. And I ask that you do these things, Lord, as you're preparing a people, a remnant, God, for this impending revival, this great awakening that we're all believing you for, God, that through this, God, you will birth relationship game changers, God, and send them forth through the earth in every state, Lord, every nation, God, Tie us together like foxtails and set us on fire, God, that the world might know that you're God and that you have put your treasure, the divine nature, in these human vessels that the glory of God might shine through us, God, not because we're denying our humanity, but because we're embracing it and we are anointed and covered up in your spirit from the inside and the out and that you would receive all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen, amen, amen. Well, we got some great things in store for you as relationship game changers. If you have not liked the Facebook page and you're on social media, like the page, let your friends know about the page, comment on the page. Before the call, someone asked me, can we talk about this prayer call or relationship game changers? Absolutely. I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to share the page. At the beginning, also, we said there are five, three-session coaching to a breakthrough. You heard Lynn's testimony. Um, It's real. It's real. God wants to anoint our humanity. He created us to live inside of us, not apart from us. And so many of us, we live fragmented lives. When Jesus, when the Father calls us in the room, we leave the parts we don't like about ourselves out the room, and we pray these great prayers, and we declare the word, but a huge part of you, it's like a gaping hole is missing from the room. And I declare in the name of Jesus, God is calling you, all of you, to be in the same room now in Jesus' name, that the love of God can absorb, can handle, and cover 
for anything that you reveal to him in Jesus' name. He is calling you. He is bidding you to come. He said, lean not to your own understanding, but trust in me with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and I will direct your steps. He said the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And tonight he has declared you righteous because you are in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is in you and Jesus Christ is your righteousness. Remember Simon Peter. Simon was the man. Peter was deity acting upon the man. You and I have a call upon our life. But that call works together with our humanity. It works together with our personality. And Jesus loves you just the way you are. And if there are things he wants changed about you, just like he had the ability, the capacity to change G, uh, Peter, Simon into Peter, he will change you and me as well. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, it is so. Amy. Rescue me. <laughs> I am scared. <laughs> Rescue me. <laughs> Whew. Amy, are you there? I heard your voice a second ago. Then you kind of went away. Can you hear me? I can't. I can hear you now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm just wow. I'm just full. Profound. So profound. I am set free, guys. I am set free. Oh, my God. Do you understand? Lynn is set free to fulfill her destiny. I, tonight, you heard it. You saw it. I'm telling you, OMG, your humanity is not something to run from. It is something to embrace. That you are afraid does not diminish God. It is something to bring to God. He told me, oh, Amy, I've just got to share this verse because in 1982, this is the verse he gave me when he called me, and it is so relevant now, and it's coming back to me. And I, I, I think it's interesting that it's coming back to me as I had this epiphany today because check this verse out, God, uh, guys. It's in Isaiah 35. Check this out. Listen, oh, my God, and then I'll be quiet after this. I promise, guys. In Isaiah 35, it says this, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Now watch this. I mean, and this is, this is what catched me. This is the essence of what God told me to do in 1982, and here we are right now. It says, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God is when we bring our humanity into the room with his deity and let him be God and glorify himself in our humanity. Verse 3, Isaiah 35, strengthen the weak hands. That is a human condition. Oh, it can have spiritual implications. But strengthen the weak hands and support the feeble knees. Oh, my gosh. There are so many people that love God, read his word, and behold him to the letter of the word who are languishing for the spirit of God to move. And then there are the spirit-filled people 
who are full of the Spirit, and yet their needs, when it comes to their humanity and embracing it, their needs are feeble. They want to talk about the Word all the time and the Spirit all the time. And their knees are, their hands are weak, and their, 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 their knees are feeble. Support the feeble knees. Verse 4, say to those of the fearful heart, Jesus' statement to Peter, whenever he saw the deity of Christ, fear not. Say to those who are of the fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Your God will come with vengeance and even God with recompense and he will save you. Your spirit doesn't need saving. Your soul needs and your humanity needs to be brought into relationship with Christ like at no other time in your life. God wants to rid us of shame and guilt because it undermines and compromises God's deity from being able to use you and I to our fullest. When you become a relationship game changer, there will be nothing to hide, nothing to prove, because Jesus is your justification. Amen. Amy, again, you better rescue me because <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Wow. <laughs> you know, wow. I, I, I got to stop. <laughs> I know I, I didn't get any text tonight from you. Usually, you're telling me, "Land, bring it down." Will you close? Pray. Because it's so profound, I'm taking it in. It's so good. It's so true, and so oh needed now. I you know, cute. if we can acknowledge our humanity. And let God's deity, oh you know, let God do his work in us. <laughs> it's so simple and so profound and so needed. And it's, so it's needed incredible to be game changers <laughs> right now, you know, to really bring Jesus, to really it, it, move in the Holy Spirit through our flesh, through our being. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's interesting. It's God's job to reveal himself to you. It's God's job. It was God's job. It was Jesus' job to reveal the deity, the revelation of Christ to Peter. It was the Father. It was God's job to reveal who Jesus really was, the Christ to Peter. And it is God's job to reveal the Christ to you. And that's my prayer, that God will reveal, reveal the Christ to you in the days to come. It is Peter's job or Simon's job and you and my job to embrace our humanity and recognize who we are, who we're not, who we pretend to be, and who we really are. And then it's other people's job to lead, having that understanding and that vulnerability, to lead us to destiny. Oh, my gosh. It's a threefold course. It's a threefold course. Well, let me give you the replay number for today because, like I said, I'm, I'm just in a space right now. Um, the replay number for today's call is 605 The access code is 341-000-POUND. And the reference code is 105 pounds. 
And I got behind on posting these on Spotify, so I'm going to catch up and get those out there. For those of you who are, enjoy using or listening to Spotify, I am asking you to please consider sharing this message with at least one person. All of us know one person. Oh, my God, if God could get our humanity in the room, what could he do in our churches, in our marriages, in our families, in our churches? in our ministry, in our businesses. O-M-G. I want you to be a relationship game changer with me. I want you to take the journey. Like the Facebook page if you haven't already. Tag your friends on the Facebook page. Um, and stay tuned. We've got some things coming up I think you'll find exciting. Um, comment on the page as a relationship game changer. Talk about this call. And again, if you're interested in three sessions to a breakthrough coaching with me, there are five sessions. It costs $299, and I think if you will check around, that is a steal. Just to, it, it, it is. You will not be able to uh, – the value is just incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Just ask me. The value of what you're getting is so much more than $299. So I'm asking you to pray about and, and, and ask the Lord, is that an investment he would have you to make? And if, if, if he is speaking to you, be quick. Do it. Get your breakthrough. You're needed now. And we can't keep doing it the way we've done it and expect to get a different result in Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to say goodnight. Amy, I'm going to let you close it out because I'll keep talking. So um, if you just want to say a brief prayer or you have comments, then, then we'll just hang up when you're done. Well, Father, we just thank you, Lord. Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, Father, we just come to you tonight, Lord. Father, I just thank you for your word. Lord, we're just so full just receiving from you, Father. So I just pray for all of us on the call right now, Lord, just everything you've downloaded into our hearts. Father, just that we would receive this seed, Lord, and just all the, what you've given us tonight, Lord, that it would be on fertile ground in our heart, Lord, just that we would guard our hearts from anything that would um, remove this seed. Father, I just thank you that we can just prepare ourselves and, and prepare the soil of our heart to continue to receive. I thank you for what we have received in our heart tonight, Lord. I thank you for every person that's on the call right now, Lord. I thank you that we are together in unity right now in your spirit, Father, and that we're here worshiping you, receiving from you, fully human, and receiving from your spirit, Lord. And I thank you for Kim, Lord. Just bless her, Father. Thank you for everything you've downloaded in her spirit, Lord. And I thank you for every person on this call that is that is called to this time, Lord, to be a relationship game changer in the relationships in their lives, Lord, in their circle of influence, Father. I thank you that this entire nation is affected because we've joined together tonight and we've received from you. And I thank you and I praise you and we feel the weight of your glory now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amy, if you'll give out your phone number for those that want to avail themselves of these sessions to a breakthrough, please. And they can just text you. Absolutely. So 
if you have your pen handy, it's 678-754-0867. And you can text me at any time. No worries with what time it is, what uh, time zone you're in. You can text me if you want a spot in the coaching or if you would like to participate in Relationship Game Changers uh, making comments on the Facebook page, and I will get back to you via text as well. Thank you so much. We love you guys. We're so glad we're doing this together, and we, we truly believe that relationship that we are Relationship Game Changers called for now. So thank you guys so, so much. We love you. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We'll see you on the call next week. God willing.